بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الله تبارك وتعالى في كتاب العزيز والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله اصطفى آدم ونوحا وآل إبراهيم وآل عمران على العالمين صدق الله العلي العظيم My dear respected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters Alhamdulillah By the fadl of Allah سبحانه وتعالى We just uh, did a takmil of the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa accept it and give us more tawfiq, inshallah. Say ameen. And alhamdulillah, through his fadl, uh, we are in the company of uh, Sheikh Muhammad Amin Kulwariya, who needs no introduction. But a little bit, inshallah, Sheikh told me just to take one minute. But honestly, if I was to take uh, more than an hour, his, an introduction would not be enough to him. May Allah subhanahu wa you know, keep him... Uh, May Allah SWT allow us to benefit from him, inshallah. Say ameen. So this ayah that I recited, you know, when I look at, mashallah, uh, you know, the way our ummah is, that the accolades uh, that we have, we look at the example of Rasulullah and Sahaba. So the company that Allah SWT gives us is what gives us value. And if you look, mashallah, at, you know, the life of, Sheikh Amin and his father Mawlana Musa Kulwariya, Allah subhanahu wa accepted his father Mawlana Musa to be a, a catalyst for bringing deen and bringing elders and ulama and the akabirin and the deen to England. And Allah subhanahu wa like his father also accepted him to bring deen and become a receptacle of nur and guidance to be brought to the United States, North America. And mashallah, you know, there words are not enough for the fadl uh, that Allah subhanahu wa has blessed upon him and his institution through which everyone is benefiting. May Allah also give us tawfiq to benefit from that inshallah. Say ameen. So inshallah, without further ado inshallah, I would like all of us to inshallah uh, put our phones away for a little bit and focus and listen to Shaykh's advice inshallah. Jazakallah khairan. Forgive us 
to show his rahmah and to deliver us from the fire of hell and every other form of punishment, uh, inshallah. But in this case, also Mubarak time, at the end of the month, the month's coming to an end, uh, coming to a closure. Alhamdulillah, the night of Eid, as you know, is a very Mubarak night. And uh, it's just good for Muslim Uthman that they're not holding this on Eid night. Yeah. Eid night is called Laila in the heavens. The Prophet mentioned this. It's called the night of gifts and presents. Where Allah subhanahu wa gives gifts and presents to those who witness Ramadan, to those who pass in Ramadan, the gift of uh, Rahmah, the gift of Maqfira, uh, the gift of being cleansed, inshallah, from sins and everything else. And this is a huge divine gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us uh, at the time of Eid, the night of Eid. Um, the night of Eid is also a night of Ibadah, as also mentioned in the Prophet Hadith. Anyway, what I want to talk to you about is, is basically two ideas. Uh, one idea is an idea of Ishtiba, and the other idea is the idea of Inaba. Ishtiba is a very high ranking. Darajah Maqam, very high-ranking status in front of Allah subhanahu wa something that only the divine can give, that's called Ishtiba. Being chosen and being selected by Allah is called Ishtiba. This requires Allah's product. This requires Allah's acceptance, and this requires Allah's choosing that who are the chosen ones in the world? <coughs> People, mashallah, ideas that they are the best, or they're the chosen ones, and so on. So we think we do something, therefore we are now deserving of some rank. We do Tarawi, we appreciate, we do Tarawi, but we feel within ourselves, alhamdulillah, I've done something, I deserve something. We do Tahajjud, mashallah, we feel internally that we deserve something. I've accomplished something. That's just how human beings are. Intrinsically, there's nothing wrong with you. Only when it comes to making that a point of kibbutz and looking down on other people, you become a mashallah, and you're special. And you should be special. You think you're special, but not at the expense of thinking low and thinking other people to be lower than you. And that's kibbutz, that's arrogance. We don't do that. Likewise, if you become an alim, if you become a mufti, if you become whatever, pious person, you don't commit sin, and sometimes they hold you about, then this creeps into you. <coughs> creeps into you. An idea that you are now chosen. Now, your mind doesn't say this. It doesn't articulate it. But that definitely is the feeling, because that is what religion does. That is what piety does. So we have to be careful how we choose our niyyah and how we think of ourselves. 
So piety means you never think of yourself as higher than anyone else. That is the true taqwa. <coughs> that is the true taqwa. Where, alhamdulillah, you do this, but you know it's only Allah's tawfiq that gives you the ability to do whatever it is that you do. Hopefully all good. But this is one maqam which we can talk of a bit later. The other maqam is that Allah chooses you because He wants to choose you. Where there is no nasr, there is no nigah, there is no recognition of the self. Allah chooses you. وَرَبُّكَ يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاءُ وَيَخْتَرُ Yaman, Allah says, they have no choice in choosing and selecting. This is pure divine fadl and divine selection where nobody can write a criterion for this. What's the criterion to be a Nabi? Allah's choice. And whose hands is Allah's choice in? His. Allah chooses whomever He wants. And in the human history, this, is, well, this has always been a constant struggle, attention, uh, confusion, because people don't see this person to be chosen. The chosen one, they don't see the qualities that are in the world of leadership. Why is this one a leader? Nuh Respect, respectable, noble person in the community, but he was never seen as a leader. Allah chose him. Allah gave him wahi. Allah made him go out to everybody on the planet, here, there, everywhere. 950 years. People objected and said, How can we follow you when the low life people? People who have nothing, no status, no money, no prestige, no honor. People who are downtrodden, they follow you. So if there's a criteria for leaders, it's that people who are high-ranking, people who are good in the eyes of the community, they follow you. But we don't see anybody like this, who are your followers. All your followers, they're nothing. They have no money, no honor, they're prestige. But this doesn't count in the eyes of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses because he wants Nuh salam to be a Nabi. What's the criterion? Divine choice. <coughs> Why is Nuh a Nabi? Because Allah wants him to be. If society wants somebody to be a Nabi, can that happen? No. This, by the way, applies to piety also. So don't assume that because you're pious, you'll be chosen for something. It doesn't work that way. It never has worked. Anyway, so being chosen and selected by Allah is what this part of this ayah is saying. Whomever Allah wills, Allah chooses. And that chosen one then, dis- then displays all the attributes and the qualities of being chosen. And what is that? Number one, humbleness. Number two, no judgment on anyone. 
No judgment on anyone. Never mind the sinner, the target. Sin, obviously, is very serious. You shouldn't go near it. No? The more in sin there is kufr, and there is shirk. So a Nabi is not allowed to judge a mushrik or kafir. Why? You know Allah chooses Because he's chosen, he's very humble. He's very gracious. He's very understanding of human weakness. Human, hmm, what do you call it, fallibility. Human failure. They know that human beings, although they have a choice, sometimes they'll make the wrong choice and then uh, we won't implore the divine to come and punish them. Unless there's a divine order. So what he was given to Nuh that no one else will believe in your community. So if that's the case, then obviously there's nothing else to do. And then Allah gives the order which he gave for the flood and the building of the ship, etc. But as long as there is hope, the Nabi will continue to strive and struggle. And Nabi will never give up on failures and losers. They don't rule out human beings because they're failures. No. The one Sahabi came to the Prophet in Medina and said, Ya Rasulullah, you came to me so many times in Makkah. Countless number of times you came to me in Makkah and said, Please believe, please believe, please believe. You never dismissed me because I wasn't believing. You had faith in me. You didn't lose hope in me. After many hundreds of times, I'm in Medina, I'm here, now, alhamdulillah. Through your persistence, through your patience, through your belief in me, I am now, alhamdulillah, Muslim. Who does this? Someone who's chosen by Allah. You can't do this if you're not chosen by Allah. If you're not chosen by Allah, you, you go pray because yeah, I, I, I spoke to the guy. You know. Can you talk to the guy? Yeah, I spoke to him. Spoke to him. How much did he speak about? I spoke to him once. Or well, maybe I spoke to him twice. Or well, maybe three times. Then I gave up because he's a loser. I gave up because that person's a loser. Now you speak to one person, one person, that's enough. You run out of patience. In fact, you don't have patience in the, in the, in the first place. Because you're holier than thou. You're not chosen. If you're chosen, you will never believe anyone in front of you is a loser. It's not possible. It's not part of their job description. They have to maintain dignity and honor. And they have to maintain dua for all. Because of Allah's compassion. Because they're in sync with Allah. They're in sync with his rahmah, with his tawfiq. They know that even their own tawfiq is through Allah. As Shuaim said, my tawfiq is only with Allah and through Allah because of Allah. I have nothing to do with my own ibadah. So they can't be holier than thou. There's a word in Arabic that some of you know. It means to pluck and choose and select the best fruit on the tree. 
from the best tree in the orchard. The Lord looks at mankind and he chooses from the best. And from the best, he chooses the best. But that comes with his Mashiach. With his now, Mashiach, his will. That he wants to choose this one. Because this one is now going to be capable of representing my order and representing me within human beings. Working within human beings is an impossible task. It's not a difficult task. It is an impossible task. Where's the proof? The proof's in your marriage, dear brothers and sisters. You think you can work with your spouse? I tried. How long? One day. And then it's just calm to love. Yeah, we just talk, drive, we make it work. But really, there's nothing there. A few days of pleasure here and there, but that's about it. Why? Because the nature of human beings is that human beings are always in a state of dispute. Argumentation. Insan is the most debating species. He's always in the mode of debating, right? Especially by Islam. Oh, do we love debating by Islam? SubhanAllah, we love debating by Islam. Once Islamic issue comes to the table, that's it. We go off our rockers and we say, no, this is my opinion. So we love debating about Islam. Why? Because that's what the devil wants us to do. Shaitan loves to misguide. And the proof of his guidance is constant debate, constant argumentation. Yeah, okay, something about the dunya, this issue, this issue, this money, this. But the the most hmm, the most important debate, which is debate about Islam, is because of the nafs. We love it. We tell, we love telling people you're wrong. But the ambiya, they're not made like this. They're made to be very humble. One of the reasons that, you know, the knowledge of Laylatul Qadr was lifted was what? The Prophet <coughs> came out from his Fujra Mubaraka, came out from his room with the intention of informing the Sahaba the exact date of Laylatul Qadr. Right? Then he says, on the way to the Muslim, on the way means what? Three steps. <laughs> if you know the Muslim, the number one, if you know where the Prophet is saying, it is three steps away from the Muslim. So within those three steps, the Prophet said, I heard two Sahabi arguing, and then Allah lifted that knowledge from my heart. You see how people don't debate? Especially by Islam. So Allah, the Prophet said, maybe it's better for you that you don't know, so that you can search. But what I'm saying is that every time there's a debate, be careful, don't use Islam as a weapon. Don't use Islam as a weapon against your wife, against your husband, against your children, Against your mother, father, any relative, don't use Islam as a weapon against any other Muslim. 
Islam is not a weapon. Islam is a rahmah. What does rahmah do? It brings people together. Right? Once the ummah uses the Islam as a weapon, that's it, finished for us. The devil doesn't need to do anything. He just sits there in the back smoking his cigar with his kitchen. And does my job. Look at these idiots. Total morons. They love debating about Islam, making more, more confusion because they love Islam. The Nabi comes to reform people and to bring people's hearts together. The Nabi doesn't come to sow enmity and discord and hatred and animosity. And the Nabi doesn't come to tell people you can hold grudges. Why? Because this is the maqam of ishtibah, being chosen. Allah chooses whomever he wants it. Whom does he choose? The people in whom he sees rahmah. The people in whom he sees tawakkul. The people in whom he sees humbleness and politeness and kindness and compassion and accommodation. The Prophet said, He uses the word Sahar. I have been sent with a tradition which is straight and accommodating, very vast, very broad, very accommodating. Where Sharia, alhamdulillah, is so vast, it is so broad, with the four madai, you don't need to debate anything. You don't need to fight about any issue. Whether it's moon siding or it's a bihang, it doesn't matter. Islam is accommodating. It has rahmah. All you have to do is find a qualified person to ask, and that's it. Then what's the problem? That's your job. You can't go to the books yourself. If you do, you will make mincemeat and give mincemeat out of it. So what you do, you say, samaha. Islam is very accommodating. And this is how we've been historically, very accommodating in Masai, in issues, in difference in opinions. But because this Ummah is representing the Rahmah of the Prophet That's why. So when you follow the chosen one, who is the Prophet, then you get a very secure, safe society where people don't hate each other. People don't backbite. People don't mistrust other people. People have good opinion about other people so that other people have good opinion about you. People listen to what people say. They don't dismiss other people's arguments and you know issues because they don't agree with me. Well, the, the, the person in front of you, they don't agree with you here. This is a stalemate. Right? How, how are you going to accommodate and live with each other if you don't listen? And if you don't accommodate, and even, even if you don't acknowledge, he has a point of view. That's how Ishtibar works. The chosen one is going to be representing Allah's Rahmah, Allah's Maghfirah. The chosen one will always want to deliver people from hell. That's his job. I don't want this one to go to hell. I want to save him. So I'll do everything to save him. I won't do anything to push him into hell. This is the attitude of those who follow the chosen one. Now if you're not chosen, then what are you doing? 
Are you doing now that Allah gives a formula for those who are not children? It's such a beautiful prescription. It's such a wonderful formula that from the select chosen one, they're there, wherever they are. We don't know their heart, how high they are. We know Allah knows. But for us, Allah gives hope. And says he guides, he chooses whom he wants, but when he, he guides, Yahdi. He guides those who are in search of Hidayah. He guides those who are willing to be guided. He guides those who turn to him. Inaba. Inaba. In the Ibrahim is always constantly, constantly, constantly turning to Allah for guidance, for dua, for for everything. So likewise here Allah says that those who are chosen, they are chosen, their akhlaq are superior and we should follow them, not follow our nafs. But those who are not chosen, they still have a way forward. And they can be rightly guided if they turn to Allah, if they have inaba. So what's the process of inaba? How do you turn to Allah? In the morning hours they seek forgiveness. Those who turn to Allah and those who are in Inaba, what do they do? They seek forgiveness in the morning. Forgiveness from what? From their sins. From their own sins. Again, they're not judging other people. If you wake up early in the morning, Tajin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as you know, comes down to the uh, first heaven and he announces, Is there anyone who's seeking forgiveness so I can forgive him? So these people, Allah says, a description of these people who are with Allah and they have taqwa, what do they do? They seek forgiveness in the morning so that they are close to Allah. Allah is close to so they are close to Allah. And they, they, they want to repent. And then the sign of Inaba. They always turning, turning back to Allah subhanahu wa is another word. And what else do they do? So on one side, in their private lives, they are sincere that they ask Allah to forgive them when no one else is looking. No one else knows what they're doing. But in the day, they are generous. But in their wealth, there is a right. They, they, they know that, that the other people, people who ask them for donations, and they, they have a right. And they, they also entitled. The mahroom, the one who is now deprived, he is entitled to money that other people have. Not in the kind of socialist sense. Okay? Not in that, no, no. We're not talking about the communist or socialist. We're talking about that intrinsically in their minds they know that I have money and I should share. So sharing is caring. And they give and they give and they give. So this is how you have now enough turning back to Allah. And then there are other values. That they will look into themselves to see the signs of Allah in them. 
place of contemplation, meditation, relaxing, making the zikr out is so much hype now about meditation now in this material world and the corporate world and <coughs> they're making tons and tons of money through meditation and they've been part of it. For centuries, we've always been told to think or feel interested in ourselves. Sadurim ayatina kilatlatil To sit down in a calm place, make bigger and think. And I mean think. You don't have to think you have to make money. But it's think that who am I? <coughs> what am I doing? What's the purpose of my life? Am I doing enough? Just think. Don't you see in yourself that there are so many reasons and proofs of Allah's existence that he allows you to think, he allows you to contemplate, he allows you to meditate, and he allows you to become close to him by thinking, pondering, by reflecting. These are all values of Islamic. We've lost them because people say this is all Sufi stuff. It's not Sufi stuff. It is purely Islamic. If you don't have time to think about you and Allah's creation, then you are deprived simply because somebody has a label on it. Why are you listening to the labels? Listen to what the Quran says. And in yourselves, don't you see? Don't you reflect? Don't you think? Who are you? What's in you? Why are you? What are you doing? What's the purpose of your life? Think about you. One of the unfortunate uh, misconcerns out there in the Ummah today is that we, we, we worry about everybody else. We worry about everybody else. This person not doing this, the Ummah is not doing this, we're not united, but we never worry about ourselves. And the Quran warns us. Don't become like those who forget Allah. Because if you do that, you will become like those whom Allah made them forget themselves. Allah will make you forget you. You worry about everybody else in the Ummah. Your spouse, your children, your family members, everybody else. You worry about your next door neighbor, you worry about people who come to the masjid, you worry about people who don't come to the masjid, but then Allah says, if you do all that and you forget to mention Allah, then Allah will make you forget you. As a adab, it's a punishment that you don't have five minutes for you. It's a reminder of the highest order. So we should really spend time with ourselves. So we have, mashallah, it's a good thing. Quality time with the family. It's a wonderful thing. Having quality time with the family. Quality time with the children. If you don't spend quality time with your children, at the end of the day, your spouse is mad for you and doesn't know what he's doing for you. Spend some quality time with you. How about some quality time with Allah? Do you ever think that Allah also needs quality time with Him? This is what this ayah says. Another ayah that speaks about the Muslims need to think about himself so that he's in sync with Allah subhanahu So this is also inaba. This is also turning towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. 
So there are many ways to seek guidance from Allah Salat, Sawm, Zakat, Hajj, Zikr, reciting the Quran, doing good deeds, having a good aqeedah, belief in Allah, belief in His names and attributes, thinking of Allah, thinking in the sense of His names and attributes, remembering Allah's names and attributes. Invest in our thinking about Allah, thinking about the Rasul, invest in thinking about all the ni'ams, the gifts that Allah has given us. Enumerate them, one by one. Look at the ni'am Allah has given you in your body, your limbs, your organs. The Prophet said that when you wake up in the morning, you should give sadhah for every limb and organ in the body that is safe. They call it 360. The Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, how can we give sadhah? We don't have that kind of money. He said, No. Sadhah is when you say subhanallah, that is sadhah. Same to the heart, where, where does this come from? In no way in economics is there value for saying subhanAllah to help the economy. The Prophet said, Sadaqah is to say subhanAllah, subhanAllah is a sadaqah. You go figure that out the mathematics, 20 pages. Don't read Adam Smith, see if he may have any thing to add to this. Probably not. How is saying subhanAllah a sadhah? So here the Prophet shows the sign of our trap and amended the footnote. The Prophet is saying you don't need money to be generous. Generosity comes from the heart where you're somehow accommodating. You can be generous with your talk, that you accommodate people in your talk. You can be Accommodating in your dua, you can be accommodating in your zikr, you can be generous. The Prophet said that uh, anyone who helps his brother break a fast with half a date, you know how much? Half a date. I remember he had nice iftars. That is iftar. In those days, they had no food. When someone has no food and you come to the masjid and you know your brother here next to you, he doesn't have food in his house because I know he's a poor man, he probably doesn't even have a date. So now you come into the masjid with one date and you share that one date with your brother next door, that is sadaqah. That is generosity of the highest order, which human civilization should appreciate. That it doesn't cost you money to be generous. What does it cost? It costs you an open heart. It costs you accommodation. It costs you belief in Allah's Rahmah and Allah's Barakah. They'll follow that. Again, okay, going off track again. The Prophet said, the food of one person is enough for two. And the food for two people is enough for four, and so on and so forth. So I'm saying that there, there are many ways to address the idea of inaba. So when you come towards Allah, which is what inaba means, to come towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah gives you guidance. So, either you have guidance by following someone whom Allah has chosen, and that will be the Nabi, or you seek guidance by performing these good deeds, all these deeds and values, according to values which I just mentioned. And there are many, many more. The whole of Islam is about Inaba. Turn towards Allah's path, and Allah's path takes you to Jannah. 
So this is what I would like to inshallah address for the Kasidi, that we do have a lot of hope. We must carry hope. We cannot be pessimistic because that's a shaitan. Don't say the Ummah is useless. Don't say that. For Allah's sake, don't say the Ummah is lost. That we're losers, we're not united. Don't say that. Because it doesn't fit you. You're not a Nabi. Only a Nabi can say that, and a Nabi never said that. So who are you to say that? Because we don't have the economic policy. We're not united. I don't know. You ever heard of the Republicans and Democrats? United. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Ever heard of Russia? Ever heard of India? No one's united on politics. It's not possible. Get that said. What you're united on is Islam. Every Muslim, alhamdulillah, sincerely believes in the five pillars. They're united on the five pillars. What more unity do you want? than a whole ummah to be united on a religion. That's unity. That's unity. So don't say the ummah is lost. Don't say the ummah is useless. Don't say that. You don't have the right to say that. It is not your ummah. Whose ummah is it? The Prophet Muhammad It's his ummah. He never gave up on the Ummah. Why are you giving up on the Ummah? Who are you? That is sacrilegious. That is profanity at the worst. So don't be judge, jury, and executioner. Believe in the Rahmah of Allah. Believe in the compassion of the Prophet And believe in the hope of the Ummah. That's your Islam. That is enough. Get this aqeedah correct, you'll be optimistic, you'll be happy that you are Muslim and others are Muslim with you. So don't be holy without. And don't say that they're not like this. Who are you the judge? You're not the judge. Allah says, Maliki with deen. Allah is going to be the judge. And he'll judge you too. So before Allah judges you harshly, you better judge people nicely here. Rahman, you're a whole Mahmoud. The Prophet Rahman, yeah, what does he do? He has Raham on those who have Raham. So if you're callous, hard hearted, judgmental, a total pessimist, then how do you think Allah is going to judge you? You have nothing in you to judge. It's only just a hatred. You seem to hate each other. So that's not the way forward. That's not inaba. So these these are some values that I believe we should concentrate on, talk about, promote, and uh, inculcate in ourselves, inculcate in our children, inculcate in our community. At the same time, make dua for Allah's rahmah, for Allah's maqfirah, for Allah to deliver us and all from the fire of hell in these Mubarak nights of Ramadan. And especially this night, the 29th, the last night, you never know. You never know when Allah is going to give you hidayah. You never know when Allah is going to give you rahmah. You never know when Allah is going to give you love. So this night, which may be the last night, we still have time. 
even if for a few minutes uh, we do the hajjah to make dua and we do the dua to read the Quran and then we hope for Allah's rahmah in this world and also the next world for who? for everybody not just for you but for who? everybody the whole ummah and you want to take the whole ummah with you in Jannah or you want to leave the ummah behind you? what do you think? Are you going to be that selfish that only I can go into Jannah because only I am pious? No, you make dua for the whole ummah, which is the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu to make dua for the whole ummah. So we will conclude here, inshallah. We make dua that Allah has raham upon us, Allah gives us makhirah. And Allah subhanahu wa delivers all of us from the fire of hell. Allah subhanahu wa grants us from his eternal follow so that we may benefit ourselves and benefit our people. Allah wa bima wa ta'ala